The reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 13, verse 1 to 9, and can be found on page 1046 on the Pew Bibles. Repent or perish. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower at Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I have been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and haven't found any. Cut it down, why should, I, why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray for Mike as he comes up to preach. Father, thank you for Mike. Thank you for Rachel. Thank you for their family. And uh, bless Mike now as he preaches your words. Uh, bless him too as he preaches in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we actually thank you. We uh, were quite amazed when we were coming up here and thought, gosh, it's coming on for two decades that we've had a link with Christchurch Baston Hill. And um, just always love coming up to see you. And thank you for the worship this morning. That was, that was wonderful as well to worship with you. Uh, we, when you first took us on, we were at Bible College. Then we went out to Cambodia with OMF. And now we're working in Birmingham among international students. There are, there are thousands of international students in Birmingham, five universities. So we have our work cut out. And uh, we uh, lead them to Jesus. Well, we welcome them. We play games. We have fun. But for some, they, uh, they uh, accept the gospel. And then we help prepare them to head back to whichever country they're going back to. And for some of them, that's actually a tough prospect. You know, some countries are not particularly welcoming of Christians. Uh, but maybe a little bit more about that later. Uh, today, though, we've, I was given the title Repent or Perish. I've changed it to asking big questions, but we will have the repentance and the perishing in there for those of you that um, otherwise would be disappointed. Um, so we're asking three big questions today. And the first one is why? Why do tragedies happen? Um, do you remember the big winds a couple of weeks ago? Well, in Hackney... Uh, there was this chap walking along the street, and we will see now um, what happened. You don't need to avert your eyes, don't worry, it's not gruesome. Amazing. Amazing. I wonder what he felt, you know, at that point. <laughs> Have you ever had a near miss? And it just gives you a, a sense of your mortality, doesn't it? 
There were some here who didn't have a near miss in this passage. Uh, There were um, people who had come down from Galilee all the way to the temple in Jerusalem, maybe 150 kilometers, maybe 200, depending on which end of Galilee. And they were in the act of worship, making sacrifices, and the occupation troops came in and killed them. We don't know why. But actually, I think the why that people were asking here was a bigger question. Why did this happen? It's the why that you ask. Why did that young lad in um, New Zealand have to kill those 50 worshippers in that mosque? Why? Why do these things happen? So Jesus is asked about this. And he actually doubles down on the question. He says, well, what about the tower in Siloam as well? And those folk, those 18 who died there. So the first is an evil act. You know, it's a senseless killing. The second probably was an accident. But in both cases, we ask why. Why did this happen? And Jesus has two things to say about it. The first one, I think, can be comforting for us. He says, do not suppose that these were greater sinners. Do not suppose that they were more guilty. In other words, don't think that these things happened because these folk deserved it more than any of the rest of us. And for some of us, when we face troubles in life, or our loved ones are suffering, or we lose our loved ones. Sometimes we ask why, and we, we wonder, why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to our family? Did we do something to deserve this? Why has God chosen to let this happen to us? And Jesus actually here is saying, don't blame yourself. Don't blame others either. In this world, there is death and suffering, but there's also grace, and we will come on to that. But actually, before we do, I'd like to ask a further question. I'd like to ask, why do we ask why? Because if this world is an accident, if it's just a conglomeration of molecules, if even if it's um, kind of an arena where evolution plays out uh, without any other factors than um, the survival of the fittest. Why do we ask why? Why are we bothered? Why are we expecting anything other than these things to happen? And I think the answer is we ask why because we see so much goodness and order and love in this world. And so when these things happen, they offend us, they upset us. And actually they upset God too. We are made in his image and he hates to see the sin and the suffering and the death and the evil in this world. And he has made a way to be rid of it. But the solution was costly, costly for him. Actually, there's a cost for us as well, which we will come on to in a minute. But certainly it cost Jesus everything. And when he speaks here, he speaks, I think, in the knowledge of what it will cost.
And he has these words. What are the words? Uh, well, he says, repent or perish. He says, let these things be a sign to you. Death. Let these deaths be a sign to you. Because death is a sign, isn't it, of judgment, of sin. We know that from the Bible. That death has come into this world because of sin. That is the reason. And so when these things happen, they can turn our mind to God and to the need to repent. There's a story about D.L. Moody, the great evangelist. He came from the States to the UK and some Brits, some clergymen went to visit him in the hotel room. And uh, the story goes that they were quite jealous because of the response that he was seeing. And they said, tell me, sir, why is it that you are so effective? And they, you know, D.L. Moody, he didn't have a great education. They say it was sixth grade, whatever that is in British money. Um, he apparently didn't use fancy words, but people responded to his message. Well, he pointed to his hotel window and he said, tell me, what do you see out that window? That's the question. What do you see? And one man said, well, there are children playing in that park over there. He turned to another one. He said, what do you see? And the chap was a bit stumped. He said, well, there are some folk walking in the distance there. And D.L. Moody said, no, what do you see? And a third chap said, well, tell me, sir, what do you see? And he said, I see countless souls who are lost without a savior and who are heading for an eternity in hell. That was what he saw. And actually, when Jesus is asked about these tragedies here, Jesus sees the whole tragedy, not just the little blips. I mean, they weren't little blips, obviously, for those that it happened to, but, but the, the major blip of the judgment and the death which awaits everyone, because we're all on death row. We, you know, it's just a question of what the grace period will be. And so he calls to repent. And when he says repent, I mean, he is talking about that moment, isn't he, which, which happens or does not happen in every life where there is a complete change of direction, of focus, of priorities, of heart, away from sin and selfishness and self-destruction and to God saying, please, Lord God, please save me. Turn, says Jesus. It reminds me of the parable, you know, the parable uh, where Jesus tells about the farmer who's building bigger barns. He's got a sweet life. He just wants it a bit sweeter. It's a secure life. He wants it to be more secure. And uh, God looks at him and he says, you fool, you fool. Tonight, your life will be demanded from you. And then what will you have? 
And we all know people who, who say, oh, it's really, it's really nice that you have your faith. Um, I thought about it. I've considered it. You know, um, God hasn't showed up for me. And actually, you know, Jesus is speaking from this passage. He is saying, you fool. He, he is speaking through your moral sense, your wise, um, the goodness of creation. He is speaking through um, all you know of yourself and your own nature and actually is speaking through the life and death of Jesus. You fool. Turn. Uh, we all have this grace period. And the question is how we respond when we see these things, when we ask our whys. What do we do? The reality is there's only ever one person who could escape death, who had no need to suffer, but he took it all on, you know. He suffered in every possible way, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. He took it on because he wanted to make this possible. He wanted to make repentance possible. Oh dear, have I been accidentally pressing lots of slides? I do apologize, getting carried away there. Um, so yeah, what do you see? Um, yeah, to make it possible. So where, let's go on to where, and you've already had the preview. Um, where did Jesus point to next? He pointed to a, um, a vineyard and a, and a fig tree. And, um, he, he did this because the nation of Israel uh, was its national symbol was a fig tree. And uh, he was essentially saying here, I mean, the immediate message here was, um, I can't see any fruit here. And actually, death is coming to you too. You know, the Roman invasion, the temple being torn down, the massacre at Masada, all of this is ahead. And he is saying there is a grace period turn produce fruit in line with repentance that was a message of john that was a message of jesus if the holy spirit comes to us if we turn to god he gives us his holy spirit and then he gives us fruit changed lives changed heart changed priorities changed loves changed character and Jesus was saying, I can't see that. Uh, there's a lad here. Oh, where is the fruit? Yeah, that was what Jesus was saying. Um, he has just recently come to faith in January. I just love seeing the fruit. I love it every time I see him. Seeing his joy, uh, seeing his desire to tell other people about what he, who he has discovered. And it's just overwhelming for him. You know, he's going to head back to China. And um, I don't know what will await him. We've just heard of a student that actually has been taken in by the authorities, had their electronic equipment confiscated. And we don't know what the result will be. But in some places and with some uh, authorities, it's not a nice situation to return to. And every Chinese person that he tells about his faith could be someone 
who will tell the people back home. But he's got something which he, you know, he, he just wants to share. Where is the fruit? Why did the people then not respond? Why did, I, I think, you know, I think they thought, I've got all this fruit. I'm just such, I'm a good person. I do good things. God is happy with me. Uh, if we look back at verses two and four, you know, where, where Jesus said, don't think that you, that they were any more guilty. Don't think that they were worse sinners. Don't think, you know, I, I've got my fruit. God is blessing me. Um, my life is sweet because, you know, people around me respect me. God respects me. God thinks I'm great. That fruit is no fruit, biblically. Any fruit we have is not of ourselves. The fruit in the Bible is the fruit which comes from a life given over to God in desperation, saying, please, Lord God, give me your spirit and please work in me. So actually, this passage is a warning to all of us to ask these big questions. First of all, why do we ask why? Because there is a creator God who is good. And we need to turn to him in our, with our whys and our questions. Uh, what uh, do we see? We won't see the world as Moody and Jesus uh, saw it unless we first see our need to repent and turn to him. And then our eyes can be opened. And finally, uh, where is the fruit? I'm not talking about the fruit of, of our own, uh, uh, you know, good deeds or whatever, but the fruit of a life which is in Christ, which is rooted in Jesus, which is, is lived out in the power of his spirit. That is the fruit which Jesus is calling for. And he's saying, there's one more year. Let's fertilize it. Let's, let's, let's look for fruit for a while longer, for that grace period. Please, Lord God, please, Lord God, may we uh, bear your fruit. Uh, Rachel, uh, would you like to come up and pray for us as we close? Close the sermon anyway, not the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that speaks truth into our lives. We're sorry and we repent of our sins. We repent of the times when we have come with our own self-righteousness, our own good works, and looked at that fruit, and we are sorry. Please, Heavenly Father, fill us with your fruit. Please send your Holy Spirit and help us to walk in your ways. And thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for suffering for us. Thank you for paying the price of death so that we might live. Amen. Amen.